Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Lots to talk about today and what we've been seeing in this absolutely crazy market trade. Uh, first of all, what about this coronavirus? How is this really going to affect what's going on in the corn and the soybeans? What is our current situation that we're seeing? And concerns about ethanol? I know that uh, there's been some talk in Washington, D.C., actually seeing a congressional push when it comes to ethanol. We're going to get all the information, and we're practicing our, our social distancing today because normally we're in the same studio. Jeff Peterson joins me with Heartland Farm Partners and Let's start out. It was nice, Jeff, to see some green on the screen today. You know, it was, and it was it was good to see that that started overnight, and then as we went through the day here, it did strengthen. So it, it's kind of a sigh of relief because I know as the market's going down, the human emotion that it brings up in each one of us is just the fact that, oh, it's never going to stop. But it, it was a good to see that type of balance that we had. I know we always talk on the grain side, but real fast to say limit up trade on the cattle market and on the hogs. Again, another positive for our livestock side of the trade action. Most definitely. And as you look at the meat counter, as they get cleared out and the demand at the grocery store, and you also look at your box beef values, it, it's really confusing for a lot of individuals that are producing livestock you know why we see the pressure that we've seen on the livestock side but it's finally good to see the futures reacting to the actual demand so let's look at the current situation that we're in with corn and soybeans what are your thoughts well you know and one thing i want to start off with susan here is that first of all is we're in some times that are uncharted waters I, i think the best thing that we all can do even as we before we start walking through the numbers is just kind of take a deep breath and we know that we've been in tough situations before and we'll continue to get through those very tough situations. And and one thing that always helps me uh, before we go into this current situation is to think about this, Susan. Um, God knows what our needs are. He'll take care of us. We know that this is a great opportunity to put other people's needs ahead of our own. And to think about what we can do to help others. Think about what we can do to help our leaders. And think about what we can do to help our country instead of just being focused on us. And I know there's a lot of emotion right now going with profitability and what everybody's doing. But one thing that I think we have to do, Susan, is this verse always helps me. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I think what that does for us is it helps us get rid of that fear so that now we can focus on what do we do to make some good decisions. So back to the current situation. What we've got going on out there in the corn and soybean market, Susan, that the funds are short on both the corn and bean side. And they'll continue to be short here for a while until they believe that the bottom is in. The coronavirus has pressured all the markets and will continue to do so. Crude oil has reached lows, you know, we haven't seen since 2002. Ethanol plants are suffering on margin, and the margins on them could still get worse yet, and we are going to see some closures and have seen some closures. But what we've seen, though, is that as a result of the weakening basis levels out there, Susan, corn now is the cheapest in the world, our corn. Soybeans are cheaper than Brazil, and that's just happened compared to a week ago, May forward. China has been rumored, and in some cases it has actually been substantiated, that they have bought some U.S. corn, soybeans, and wheat. Soybean crush margins are very good, and as a result are making it so that they're, the processors are very hungry to go ahead and buy soybeans. And we're seeing some indications coming out of South America that production is being reduced a little bit 
because of some of the dry conditions in southern Brazil and in parts of Argentina. And there is also talk coming out of the Ukraine that we are seeing some reduction. Could be as much as 10% compared to last year be some, because of some of the dry conditions. So that, that kind of sets the table where we're at, Susan. Looking at, and there's a lot of mixed opinions as to where we're at on this, but with coronavirus, can we hopefully start to see this bell curve starting to change a little bit? Well, I've been very impressed by the steps that have been taken to go ahead and try to keep the numbers from reaching their peaks higher than what our medical capacity is. But a few things I think we have to think about. Right now on the tests that are being done, about oh, 10%, maybe 11% are coming back positive. So as we ramp up the testing process here, we're going to see our results here in the U.S. dramatically go up on case counts. Not because we necessarily necessarily are increasing that many more cases that of new people get infected. That is happening. But we just have to get the testing caught up to what the actual amount of infections are out there. So looking at this, what type of signals are you seeing that could impact these markets as we continue to move forward? Well, one of the things I think on the corona side, one of the things that everybody asks is that what will be a, a key for us? What will point out that the market maybe from at least the coronavirus side is getting the, the worst impacts factored in? And here's what I think we have to have happen. I think we have to have the coronavirus under control in China, and it feels like it's getting that way in Europe and then also in the United States. Europe and the United States have not hit their biggest numbers yet. Once we get to a point when the numbers in Europe and the United States, new case counts in, increasing or what the amount is adding each day on a daily basis is going down, it doesn't mean that we aren't having new cases. It's just that we've peaked and our case count load is going down. That's the point in which I think we see the coronavirus start lessening its impact on the, the commodity market. So when we look at, and we talked about a little bit at the beginning, the crude oil that's going on, what's it going to take? to make it go higher? Well, we, we first, we need to go ahead and get the coronavirus item behind us and so that we max out the amount of counts, the, the amount of cases we're seeing across Europe and, and China and the U.S. But then also we, we have to see uh, Saudi Arabia and Russia come to a truth and keep so that Saudi Arabia is not putting this massive amount of production out of the market when our demand is increasing. Well, stick around, folks. We do have a lot more to come up. I know this first segment went very quick. It is the Fontenelle final bell. We're going to look at what's going to happen with some short-term lows in this corn and bean market, along with the big question. We know it's the elephant in the room. How much lower could we go? More fun. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation with Jeff Peterson with Heartland Farm Partners. And we're talking crude oil, and of course that's going to bring us into the ethanol industry. But you wanted to make a, a quick statement about crude, Jeff. Yeah, I did. Uh, one misstatement I made there a moment ago as we were finishing up, Susan. I I'd mentioned that crude oil demand was increasing, and actually it had one of the biggest decreases that we've really seen on a you know week over week and month over month basis. So I just wanted to crack that before we get started. Now, this next comment has been something that we've had discussion already a couple times this week, and that has been this ethanol industry. How concerned are you with everything that's going on right now? You know, I'm, I'm very concerned, and it's kind of been a, a two-step punch in here. First of all, we, we brought down the demand of the gasoline, not only in the U.S., but also all the way across the world, and that's put pressure on gasoline. 
prices, which then put pressure on ethanol prices, and, and as a result, that reduced the profitability of the plants. And, and that was already happening at a time when they are higher, paying higher than normal t- basis levels. And then with the situation on crude oil and having it have some of the biggest drops on one-day basis we've probably had in, you know, going back to the probably early 1990s, and as a matter of fact, the price setting here as low as it's been going back to, you know, 02, um, that then spilled over into gasoline and spilled over into ethanol. And, and we've got plants now that are below where their break-evens are, you know, even on their variable costs. And, and we're seeing some plants shut down, and we're seeing some some of them take some extended downtime when they're doing maintenance, and we're also seeing them pull back their basis levels. And I am concerned. I, I think we are going to see additional plants shut down. I think we will expect to see basis levels widen out here in the short term. How long this is and this big an impact, you know, is going to depend on what crude does. But I think we have to be prepared for that, Susan. Can we see a bright spot in this because China has been looking at more DDG possibilities? Yeah, we sure can. And, and that's the item that I think there isn't probably enough time spent on. What we have to remember is that back on March 2nd, they, they did ask everybody to or they could start turning in request for tariff exemptions, which would be good for one year. And and I do think we can see some of them picking up some distillers grain as we've had them in the market talking about maybe even buying some corn. The one that's not getting a lot of talk, but I think it sure can come into play is I, I think we could see them there in the ethanol market. They, they've had an opportunity to see what their pollution levels have done as they backed off on their traffic. And I think that uh, makes them be able to visually see it. They could have modeled it before, but they actually seen it when they experience the coronavirus. So if they're serious about the ethanol side, they're now able to purchase ethanol at much lower levels than they ever could have thought they could have produced it in their own plants. So I actually think we will see them step into that market. And that's one bright spot that I hold out for the ethanol industry longer term. Probably isn't today or tomorrow, but I think that could help the industry down the road. So as we look at today's markets and we saw the definite green all the way across the screen, can we hope at least keep our fingers crossed that tomorrow may bring us some positive numbers as well? Well, I would I would really like to think that that's the case, but let me step back and look on a bigger basis. Uh, if I was to ask the question this way, do I think the lows, the short-term lows are in? And I, I don't think they are, Susan. I, I think we had this little bit of a bounce here, but I do think as we see the coronavirus increase yet across the U.S. and across the Europe yet, because keep in mind, we're going to see some big numbers and we're seeing it coming in out of Italy where, you know, they're going over 40,000 cases. The the amount of cases that came out of China probably aren't accurate, and it wouldn't surprise me to see other countries surpass even what China's numbers were, partly because they did take some very aggressive steps to slow it down, but partly because I, I don't necessarily think their numbers are accurate. So as a result of that, I, I don't think even the coronavirus side is probably been completely factored in as we get it worse into the market so i'm looking for some lower prices still down the road in the short term longer term we can have a bounce but shorter term i think we've got some more downside yet so can we say the short-term lows maybe have been put in place though um i don't think we can say that i i I think we'll have enough pressure in here that we we've still got some downside to take out those lows that we we put in yesterday yet so then the elephant in the room as we talked about this before the end of last segment was how low can we go? Well, when we when we go to try to answer that question, we always like to go back from the technical side. And a few levels that stick out to me, we're in and around on the May futures, the 345 area today. Uh, a major support level would be back on July 2nd of 18 at 330. Before that, you're at uh, August 1st of 17 at 328 and a half. 
And then from there, you'd have to say, and I don't think we get back to this level unless the ethanol industry sees a, a shutdown of maybe a third of the plants. You'd go back to August 1st of 2016 at 301 and a half. Those would be some of our major support levels. Real quick, do we see some surprises, though, that could change this around? I, I think that some of the surprises that we do see is that we could see China step in and do some buying in here. I think we're getting prices and we're competitive and it would help them fulfill their phase one trade deal. Sounds good. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Jeff? Give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Peterson at zero one and over on our webpage, you can sure sign up from daily commentary from us. All right. Thank you so much. Just a reminder that commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. And you can check this out as a podcast through RuralRadio.com or wherever you subscribe for your podcast. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.